0: It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio.
1: All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE, redeyeradioshow.com, where we stream live or get our app, put it on your phone, and listen whenever you want to listen. So it's that simple. All right, just off the uh, uh, beaten path here for a moment. All right. Just uh, uh, was reading this from uh, the College Fix. School district scraps traditional A through F grading system for a kinder, gentler model. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Now, this has been in use for a while in Madison Metropolitan School District. But uh, this uh, is a guy whose daughter, uh, you know, second grade daughter brought home the report card. He goes, this week I received my second grade daughter's report card from the Madison Metropolitan School District in which she was given a grade of EX, M, D, V, or E instead of the traditional A through F. According to the key provided, these abbreviations stand for <laughs> EX e- is exceeding. Listen to how they do these grades, Eric. Student consistently exceeds grade-level expectations for the end of the year. Then there's M. M stands for meeting. Student consistently meets grade-level expectations for the end of the year. Then there's D, developing. Student, or DV as they call it, student is developing, understanding, and is approaching grade-level expectations for the end of the year. And then finally, E, which stands for emerging instead of an F. E is emerging, student begins to show initial understanding of grade-level expectations for the end of the year. This grading scale used district-wide has been in place for a decade. But as you can see, every grade is dripping with optimism, presuming every child is on the road to excellence. The only thing that they are being graded on is is the speed at which they are attaining complete world knowledge. As a kid, I would no doubt have loved this scale, explaining to my parents that I wasn't lazy. I was simply emerging. It certainly would have saved my rear end a few unwelcome meetings with the kitchen spoon. And also for the DV, because there's EX, MDV, or E. E EX is exceeding, M is meeting, dv is developing the standards em is emerging the understanding there's no a through f except there is in the real world yeah
2: well mm-hmm. even in that system there's one that is better than the other
1: yeah you're right there yes one is would be viewed as better than
2: the other there is yes there is the top performer and the bottom performer you can call it what you want But it doesn't matter if the if you don't meet the
1: highest expectation. But the highest grade. But what what it doesn't show is and this is a great point that he makes. A shows the fact that you have attained excellent knowledge of the actual curriculum. And if you have an A Mm. in the first semester, odds are it's going to look good, which means you have attained all the knowledge that is needed Mm -hmm. the rest doesn't give you any clue b does b says okay you've attained most of it c says okay your average has still got more d is under and f is failure you have Mm -hmm. not attained if student begins student begins to show initial understanding of grade level expectations for the end of the year emerging what does that mean you know well
2: it's not just about understanding it's it's also the work that you put in Right. If you don't turn your homework in every day, if you do none of your homework assignments and you're graded as emerging, well, emerging is the new F.
1: And uh, talk about the fact that that the new grades assigned don't address a specific class or a subject. They mostly deal with behavior. Mm -hmm. The exceeding emerging scale applies to 40 different classifications. Instead of being graded on math or science my daughter's being graded on, tells a story or describes an experience, cooperates with partners and in groups, and understands or identified stages in the life cycle of insects. Of course, none of this gives any indication how she's really doing in the school. Uh, if Sure, if your child is receiving a lot of grades of emerging, it might be time for you to worry, but the sugar-coated classifications only feed the idea that every child is equally brilliant and they simply develop it Different uh, uh, speeds. Look, it was easy for my parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I got, and people still don't believe this, but it's the God honest truth. If I got a B in a class and my effort wasn't outstanding,
3: mm-hmm.
1: I had to go to summer school. Mm-hmm. I went to summer school and kids would say, well, you here because you're failed? No, I got a B. Why are you here? Because my effort wasn't outstanding.
4: Mm
1: -hmm. My parents really never looked at my grades. The grades didn't matter. It was the effort. And as they said, and you know what convinced them of it? Mm. I mean, I was lazy. I'll never forget uh, chemistry and whatever math I took in that grade. Mm. Trigonometry, I don't know, algebra, trigonometry, trigonometry, excuse me. But in the um, school year, I got an F in both. My parents were furious. Mm. You go to summer school. Right. Summer school was like five weeks. Mm-hmm. The entire year in five weeks. And then you had to take a comparable exam, state exam. For Right, you. right. I got A's in both and 100 in one exam and a 98 in the other. I'm all happy. I'm bringing them. They're not even happy. They look at me going, why are you wasting your time? Why do you do this? You're just lazy. Right, they weren't even happy that I got the grades. They were angry because they, they look. This shows that you're just you're wasting your. Why are you wasting time? But I was still I was at that age where I was too stupid to realize you got to do it anyway. Why are you wasting? You just ruined an entire summer for yourself. Mm-hmm. Who are you beating? Right, but really, for me, it wasn't until I got to college and had to pay for it myself where like that everything changed. When I had to put money into it, <laughs> then then I cared. That was a change for me. High school was like, I don't care. Until I had to. Right. Until it came to, oh, okay, will I fail? So I think I, I went to summer school, I think, every single year of high school. Every single year I had to go. Don't think I ever had yeah. a summer off. Right. And, uh, and then it changed completely. <laughs> oh, I'm buying this product. <laughs> it's my money and I have to work for it. Changed like that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I look at, um, again, you you can, any grading system is going to be judgmental in nature. <clears throat> call an, uh, uh, an F uh, the Daisy Award. <clears throat> Doesn't matter what you call it. Still not as good as the top award. There's going to right. be a top and a bottom grading system. It's actually not an award it's a reward that's supposed to be earned. Why are we afraid of children failing? Look, they're born failures. They can't even walk on their own when they're born.
1: Well, I wasn't afraid of failure. I could have cared less at times in my, and, until my parents got on my case and well, then kids, I realized I, I was going to flunk a grain. Yeah, the kids are naturally,
2: then, uh, right. look, look uh, my youngest grandson, he just lays there and cries when he's hungry.
1: He doesn't get up and go make his own
2: sandwich? They're lazy. You gotta teach them early. <laughs> he does exactly what I do when I'm hungry. I just lay there and cry. Um it is a it's 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 preposterous. Kids know. And there are some kids who aren't who have to work a little bit harder. You know what they need? They need loving parents to say, you know what? We're going to work a little bit harder.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
2: There was one young man who wanted to play basketball. The coach told him, well, you're going to have to show up before and after school to work a little bit harder. His name was Michael Jordan. Well, all still I, is Michael Jordan, by the way. I don't think he's but, changed his name.
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll, all I got to do is look back at, uh, at my life and, and I think about there is nobody. This shows you that everybody can change. Mm-hmm. There is no one except my brother. Who hated homework more than I did. Mm. If my brother was here, he'd be in over there laugh he'd be sitting right over there laughing. Mm-hmm. He'd be laughing going, That's you're right on that one. You hated homework, but I think I hated it more. So what is my job now? What job do I love now?
2: One that requires homework around the clock, even <laughs> on weekends.
1: <laughs> you never stop doing homework. It's like how the hell did that
2: happen? It's insanity. But I here know. we are. <laughs>
1: it's like I I wanted when I was a kid to just let my mind drift and lay in the grass and look at the clouds and ride the bike and yeah. you know, shoot BB guns. Last thing on the my list was homework, and now it's the first thing on my list that I actually like doing. Yeah. <laughs> did I do happen? it when I, I I'm I do it
2: even on a Saturday morning when it's not required as much.
1: Yes. Well, you and I, it's the same thing. I mean, it's my, (laughs) I don't get out of, I I can't, how many times have you probably the same thing? I wake up in the morning. I don't even get out of bed sometimes for an hour because I'm looking at my phone and it's all, you know, it's all research, doing research and reading different articles.
2: All the news alerts that come across.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it used to be, by the way, it's much easier when before smartphones came out and before computers came out, you had to actually sit down, you had to go to the store or have them delivered to your house, all the different newspapers. Then you'd have to sit down because it's time to do, it's time to do my work and time to do my show prep. And I, so you'd have to be thinking, okay, it's going to be time in another hour. There's, you never think that way anymore. It's just, it's just, it never stops. Right, right. And but, you know, you
2: you if you're the parent of a child in school, you keep reminding them that, first of all, you're going to find your way. You'll you'll be good at something. You'll you're excelling at this. You're great at this. You encourage them. You give them that support. But you also know that it's going to require every once in a while failure to -hmm. exceed. In fact, it always requires failure. If you're going to exceed at something, you're not going to learn unless you fail first. And you, you might fail a lot. Some of the greatest successes in life, you can look at people. Uh, it doesn't matter who they are, whether you want to measure it by, I don't know, a Jeff Bezos standard, who just paid, what, $160 million or something for a
1: house $165 yeah. for his
2: house. Wow. Um, or or any other standard of these people that you know, go get their list of failures before they got there. And if you don't, if your kids need to know that first, that it's okay to fail as long as you're learning from the failure.
1: Well, I'm not worried about failure right now. I'm just, you know, filled with envy and jealousy over his home. His How many 100? square feet is that? I don't know. It's a... It's a you know what I think of? This shows you're an adult. Hmm. There was no tinge of, boy, I wish that could be me. I'm like, wow, that's just too much. Well, that's why I asked that question. I went, I went, the, I would, I, my thing was the maintenance on that. Man, what would it, because I'm getting my roof replaced here. It keeps raining, but I'm getting mm-hmm. my roof replaced any day now. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, <laughs> the first thought came in my mind, what would it cost to replace all those? roofs on, yeah. on those homes and but what up when the air conditioning breaks down and i'm thinking to myself wait a minute you still have billions of dollars to do that and you can hire somebody to do that for yourself i'm like yeah but then i gotta hire somebody to do that and still i gotta go through the process eventually i have to be involved in it somehow it's just too much work right <laughs> yeah exactly Exactly the opposite of envy and jealousy. Well, I just don't want to get lost. It's too much but of a hassle. If I if I lose my
2: keys and it takes me four days to find them, <laughs> that's a problem. But
1: get, the, unless you have your own key finder.
2: Or a golf cart.
1: Or a golf cart. See, you need a golf cart in a house like that. You hire somebody to be a key finder.
2: That's right. Yeah. That's
1: what the, yeah. Yeah, Alexa, oh, of
2: course, with Bezos, no, yes. Now, see, Brian reminds us, Alexa.
1: Yeah, but see, I can't do, I don't know why I can't do that. He actually probably has an assistant. Actually named Alexa, the real Alexa. Now, see, technology has gone too far for me at that point. I, Alexa, I have no interest in doing. Just none. Yeah. None.
2: yeah. I do because I'm lazy. Yeah. Alexa, make me a sandwich, but it never works.
3: 866 <laughs> red eye. Mechanics like to call oil analysis a blood test for your engine. It's an apt comparison since engine conditions can give you a quick read on the health of the entire machine and an early alert to impending problems. An engine oil analysis can provide clues about the health of your engine without any invasive surgery. By analyzing a sample of used engine oil, you can determine the amount of contamination, the wear rates, and overall condition of your engine. The real benefit of an oil analysis is that it acts as an early warning system, alerting you to potential problems before they become an equipment failure. And oil analysis isn't for just one kind of driver or one kind of vehicle. The tests benefit all engines, from passenger cars to fleet vehicles to agricultural equipment. To start, you'll need to purchase an oil analysis kit. Many Senex brand dealers and CHS cooperatives sell lube scan kits, which contain everything you need for analysis. You can also find kits online and at auto parts stores. You'll then need to extract a small sample of used engine oil from your vehicle and mail this to the lab for testing. All lube scan kits are sent to ALS, a global testing service for analysis. For more information, visit Cenex.com. This maintenance tip is brought to you by TA Truck Service. More bays,
0: more expertise, more solutions. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara.
1: It's Ruddy Radio, and he's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, Eight six six ninety 90 eye if you would like to get in. It's the Friday show, so end of the week, we've had the first two primaries, uh, and now we, as of right now, from um, Nate Silver's... Um, 538. 538, yes, mm-hmm. I don't know why I forgot the number, uh, that it's tied. Nobody and uh, Bernie. Yeah. our That's the forecast. Right now, tied for the nomination or no nomination if it's nobody. And uh, I
2: don't see nobody dropping out.
1: No, nobody isn't going to be dropping out. I mean, no. that's, they should call it Brokered Convention is what they should uh, <laughs> shouldn't call it. <laughs> right, but right. fascinating week uh, as you have had a number of left-wing talking heads turn against Bernie Sanders James Carville calling him a, a, at least I'm not a saying I'm at least I'm not a communist. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you uh, the uh, the uh, uh, Chuck Todd uh, you know uh, making the reading the analogy of uh, Sanders supporters as brown shirt Nazis mm-hmm. and agreeing with it.
2: Yeah, then the one voter that voted for Klobuchar saying and be, yeah. being asked how did you come to that conclusion? How did you choose? She said it was literally any mini, miny, mo. She walked into the booth. That's how she chose Klobuchar.
1: It's it's just a complete mess right now for the 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 Democrats. It's going to be a fascinating next couple of weeks. Yeah, you know,
2: uh, you have the Culinary Union in Nevada coming out saying, "Yeah, we're not endorsing anyone." You have. Uh, What was it, Las Vegas Weekly? Okay, Biden and Klobuchar. (laughs) How many publications are afraid to choose? This is exactly what's going on. This is indicative. It doesn't matter who they're choosing. It's the fact that the New York Times did a double endorsement. Why? Well, because you have to be inclusive.
1: Well, one is uh, the reasonable choice.
2: Yeah, right.
1: And the one is the outlier choice. By the way, you know, that's a great point. We've talked about victims and oppressors. Yes. And how it's been going on for such a long time Mm -hmm. to the point where newspapers now are afraid to endorse one candidate.
2: Well, we can't give kids grades in school, Gary. There can't be a valedictorian at a graduation. So why should we endorse just one person? We endorse them all. Right. I mean, that's the whole idea. And so you basically, the culinary, uh, union in Nevada saying we endorse no one because they don't want to make a choice. Now you pointed out they don't want to lose their health care.
1: Yeah. They've got great benefits. And yeah, they don't want to lose, they don't, they don't want Bernie's Medicare for all.
2: Exactly. They require the private sector to go out and make a lot of profits.
0: Shake their heads. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley on Red Eye Radio.
1: And he is Eric. I'm Gary. Eight six six ninety red eye Just reading this article from Fox. Democracy 2020 Digest. Bernie Panic Spreads Inside the Party. Paul Steinhauser's column. With, Hmm. With populist Bernie Sanders of Vermont now considered the front runner in the race for the Democratic nomination. Concern and resistance wow is there going to be a bernie resistance concern and resistance is growing among mainstream and establishment democrats inside and outside the nation's capital moderate lawmakers sounded the alarm bells on thursday uh, It's bad, said one freshman Democrat from a swing district. We are having conversations about how to deal with this. If Sanders is the nominee, we lose, another Democrat told Fox News. Two other vulnerable Democrats said a Sanders nomination would almost certainly cede their states to President Trump and could hurt their down-ballot races for the House and the Senate. The stock of the independent senator who's making his second straight Democratic presidential nomination run, has risen this month thanks to the strong finish in Iowa where he and Pete Buttigieg Buttigieg, both claim victory Hmm. and uh, also thanks to his win Tuesday. Sanders has also grabbed the lead over former frontrunner Joe Biden. Warnings about the down-ballot disasters. If Sanders is the party's standard bearer in November, are also coming from Biden's campaign. uh, Elected, quote, elected officials across the country understand there will be a down-ballot carnage to the Democratic Party if we elect the wrong person, said Representative Cedric Richmond of Louisiana. A Biden campaign co-chair stressed during a conference call Wednesday with reporters, if Bernie Sanders were atop of the ticket, we would be in jeopardy of losing the House we would not win the Senate back. The former vice president himself made the argument last Wednesday while campaigning in New Hampshire. He said Sanders himself calls himself a Democrat socialist. Then he said if Senator Sanders is the nominee for the party, every Democrat in America up and down the ballot, blue states red states purple states easy districts competitive ones every Democrat will have to carry the label that Senator Sanders has chosen for himself you
2: know that goes back to my question earlier and that is how if you're the DNC if you're Tom Perez how do you market that what do you do Bernie knows how to market Bernie because Bernie thinks that's a winning strategy he thinks Well, well, he he hasn't wavered. Bernie's been the same for years. Mm -hmm. But how does the the party go out and basically tell America, you need to embrace socialism? They would have to do that if he's the nominee.
1: Uh, You know, we're to the end of the week. We're to to Friday of this week. And uh, I just, when you think about it, two weeks ago, who would have ever thought that you would have major... Uh, talking heads on the left from the major liberal networks pound on Sanders. Just think of some of the things he's he's been called. He and the the people that support him, uh, a cult, Nazi brown shirts. Yeah. Uh, right. uh, and, you know, and straight out from Carville yesterday, a communist. Right. This is coming from the left, not the right. We are in uncharted territory. Maybe the Republicans were in uncharted territory. The Democrats are in uncharted territory like you've never seen.
2: Well, they are. And the problem is, is while they are all socialists, they helped (laughs) to create this. They promoted socialism. They just don't want to say it out loud because they know at the ballot box it's scary. They can't promote it. They promote the ideas But how do they promote them? As, well, kind of the way socialism has been promoted for ages, but it's all about what? The worker. It's all about you. It's it's all about the middle class and the lower class, and we're going to help you, and those mean, rich people are going to pay for it. It's jealousy, envy. There's your leverage. Well, the problem with that is that Bernie is going to go out and he's already saying it. He did after New Hampshire. Well, we're going to go out and we're basically going to take control of industry. We're going to take down industry. We're going to, mm-hmm. uh, it, that is something that has been, that's the Bernie plan and has been for a long, long time. But the left has been doing it. Or the the party's been doing it by other means. They need you to be jealous well, envious, but
1: these two streams were bound to collide. As as we said, what, what we believe is happening is not that they are viewing these major uh, folks on the left, whether it's Chris Matthews or Carville or Chuck Todd. It's not that they object to socialism. What they realize is the wrong guy is promoting it in the wrong way. Yes. That's what I see it is. Because you didn't see, did you see universal condemnation from the establishment of AOC and the Green New Deal? No. No. And when we went through the Green New Deal uh, and said, well, wait a minute, in order to do this, as soon as you told major industries what product they had to make, once government dictated to industry, the car industry, for example... Tomorrow, you must all make all-electric vehicles. Now, it's not going to happen, but we're not talking about what's going to happen. We're talking about the reality of the mindset and the political ideology that people have mm-hmm. who hold those views. Right. And AOC was clear. Airplanes would have, were going to have to disappear. Yep. Right? Yep. People would have to ride on electric trains. Yep. Airplanes would be gone. Jet mm-hmm. travel would be gone. That bothers me since I'm on a... Flight in a couple of hours to the West Coast. I don't think I'd be able to do that and get back by Sunday on a train.
2: Well, you could if you hold elected office. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you could get on a jet I just, <laughs> first class. Even. I could still get on a jet even if there was yes, no jet flow. Of okay. course. Even if planes Because you're, you're more forced.
2: important than everybody Oh, else. okay. All right. Yeah. All right. That's I how forget- it works. I forgot that I've risen to the just level run of the for elite. Office. Just run for office. You can still have your, your flights.
1: And and so when, uh, when we talked about the fact that, yeah, sh- and she said we would have to transform industry where they would have to produce the products that we wish them to make. Mm-hmm. And so this would mean all car companies would have to make electric cars tomorrow. Well, stockholders would be gone. Those companies would be dead. Yes. They'd be bankrupt. Right. The government would have to take them over. And it would be because an authoritarian government, whether through a democratic process or not, has said property rights don't matter to you. Right. And I was saying, I think it was a- Ayn Rand who said yesterday, what's the difference between socialism uh, and uh, and uh, and and communism? One, uh, one uh, is an authoritarian uh, uh, leadership takes away your property rights. The other one, uh, people take away your property rights. Mm-hmm. You get to the same point. It's just different people that are breaking, in essence, what our Constitution is. Exactly. And and so if, if you want to get down to it, that's what it's about. Well, in order to do that, you'd have to take over industry. Completely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's Bernie. And remember the things that Bernie have said. Bernie was well-known, the quote from the 1970s when he talked about the fact of the number of industries a government should take over. Right. Uh, When you get uh, to Bernie Sanders, think about this. You want to know how warped his thinking is? Remember, you and I picked up on this right away and people joked about it. But it's important to understand what the philosophy is behind it. When Bernie said, I went into the store and there were just... There were 33 different kinds of deodorant. We don't need to be doing that. There is no need that we're wasting the means of production by right. producing right. 33 different uh, you know, kinds of deodorant. There's no reason to do it. We only need one. Wow. And it's because the marketplace demands it. The free marketplace demands it. So when you get into his head, it's really it's pretty scary. We laugh at it, Oh of the guys. Were, but when you think about the philosophy that he believes that that's a problem, yes. That having too much. When you get to the point of when he talked about breadlines, mm-hmm. think about the statements of the breadlines. Right. Well, sure. I mean that
2: that that that's a good thing. Yeah. That breadlines would be a good thing.
1: Because you get to stand in line in, in, in other places, there may not be a line and no bread at all. Wow! In other words, wow. the, the government will provide yes. what
2: you need. The government will limit your choices of deodorant and control the means of production because we need and, the worker over here to be producing this and in this other industry we and, control.
1: And we will go. We. Will, I, I was thinking the other day. I was in the supermarket and I'm thinking to myself, you know, there's a couple things they don't have there, and I was ticked off. <laughs> Right. Like, and it was my coffee creamer. They ran out of my coffee creamer. Mm-hmm. I'm like, my co- come on, guys, let's let's refill this. That's what we're accustomed to. Right. And I, I thought about that immediately because, we you know, we've been on the topic of talking socialism and Bernie saying, you know, that's a problem that there's so many choices. Mm-hmm. The fact that I got angry because there are 50 different choices of coffee creamer and they didn't have my one and I wanted my one. That's a problem. Right that's 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 a problem and so what we need to do is we need just to produce one and you stand in line for it and that would be an improvement over the society that we have now that's his actual mindset yes think about that well it's again
2: this is the huge problem for the DNC that Bernie is surging and and who was it that you were talking about during the break someone talking about uh, Biden there is a road for you know Biden to make a comeback. Oh, I was it,
1: it was uh, just it was just an op-ed piece that yeah. somebody had written at Well, was, and, yeah.
2: and and the, the the hang on here. I, the I, question I would have is okay, Biden
1: hasn't had the energy. Jacob Heilbrunn from the Spectator, Biden okay. is perfectly positioned to stage a comeback. Okay. All right. That's the headline. Of I'm not saying
2: it's not going to happen, but tell me what tell me that path Because you would have to take energy from the Bernie campaign, which is grassroots. You would have to take that and then get people motivated for Biden. And in order for that to happen, Biden's going to have to quit doing the whole combat thing at campaign stops, whether it's with the media or anybody else. Get that. Quit pointing that microphone in my face, pal. That Biden is not going to win. That Biden is not going to get you there. There's a reason that his support is sliding, and it's because he's not performing well on the road. His campaign stops. He's not doing well. He's not not connecting with a following at all. That Biden
1: isn't going to change,
2: though. No, that's my point. How do you turn that around? You can't. So... Everybody else. So Bernie would basically have to drop out. Uh Buttigieg is still getting money. Klobuchar's still getting money. Biden's money is slowing down. He still has money, but it's slowing down. His donors are getting nervous. And I said that about a month ago. The problem is, is that when they lose confidence in you, they quit writing those checks. And that's exactly what's going on with Biden. And the opposite is going on with Bernie.
1: And you can see that he's looking forward to some of the southern states. For example, the mm-hmm. Georgia uh, Democratic primary came out. Now, that's not till, uh March 24th, I believe. Right, right. But there you look at it. And I mean, th- this is where he's pinning his hopes on. And this is where he could have a resurgence, especially in the South. Mm-hmm. And this poll just came out uh, Thursday, yesterday. So Biden, 32. Sanders, 14. Okay. Bloomberg, 14. Buttigieg, 5. Warren, 4. Klobuchar, 3. Steyer, 2.
2: You got to get through Super Tuesday to get there.
1: Yeah, yes, you do. Yes, but it shows that he does have drawing power. That you look yeah, at the rest of them, mm-hmm. especially when you talk to a lot of Southern Democrats out there, and they look at it and they're you know they're rejecting a Warren and a Buttigieg and mm-hmm. you know a Klobuchar Klobuchar mm-hmm. with a three even mm-hmm. beneath Warren. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're Bloomberg moving up a a, a a little bit, but again, he hasn't been vetted, and he's coming across as a moderate, right? The tell will
2: be that uh, Joe's always done well in the polls in the South. But he's also got to convince the people out West. He's got to convince California.
1: I don't believe that's happening.
2: Because how many of the people out there are like either James Carville or are far left themselves and say, we want Bernie?
0: eight six six
1: ninety 90 red eye
0: Get in touch with Red Eye Radio. Toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
1: It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. 866-90-RED-EYE. There was also another op-ed piece earlier this week that said uh you know trump was impeached but was the uh, true casualty joe biden no we asked and, that question yeah and and uh, we'll talk about huh. that more uh, uh, coming up here but i thought it was really really interesting especially when you see that the polling done on hunter biden where the majority of america believes there's a problem there
0: This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Pilot Flying J Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All
1: across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE-RADIO-SHOW.COM. Red Eye uh, we stream live there or get our app and put it on your phone and listen whenever you want. It's that simple. In the news today, well, the audio cut of the week is very simple as we look over uh, New Hampshire. And by the way, uh, Iowa was actually finalized on Monday. Remember, yeah, that right. it was ab- finalized on Monday. Yeah. Then Tuesday we had New Hampshire. Right. What do you get out of this? What is the average Democrat voter thinking?
4: Um, I voted for Amy Klobuchar. Tell me why. Uh, I actually went in and eeny, meeny, miny, mode it. You're kidding.
2: <laughs> I eeny, meeny, mighty mode it.
1: So the, uh, well, she's trying to really re-energize it. So now it's mo is Klo. You know, <laughs> that's the perfect
2: description right there that's <laughs> if if you want to know how it's going for the democratic primary there you have it right there
1: well let's see what michael bloomberg was up to okay yesterday.
4: okay all right
1: what what uh, what is
4: he forced to focus on uh. there is one aspect an approach that i delete delib- de- deeply regret the abuse of a police practice called stop and frisk I defended it looking back for too long because I didn't understand then the unintended pain it was causing to young black and brown families and their kids. I should have acted sooner and faster to stop it. I didn't, and for that I apologized. You know, I'm I'm thinking that
1: remember how you and I got such a kick out of Bill Clinton Mm
3: -hmm.
1: when the polls would come out that would show that, and this goes back 10 years ago or... Even lo- maybe longer than that, but but uh, that that showed that uh, people still thought that Bill Clinton was one of the greatest presidents. And we went through his major accomplishments and all of his major accomplishments after he was president. He said he regretted doing, or almost all of them. I don't right, want to say all, right? Of them, but I signed all, it, but I wish I had. Right, all, almost all the major accomplishments. Uh, welfare reform, right? yeah, right, yep. Uh, don't ask, don't tell. Don't ask, don't tell. Uh, crime, crime bill was his. Yeah, yeah crime right. bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, every, every all the major accomplishments he regrets doing. Right. We thought he was great, but he regrets everything that he did. Well, you know well, that's he, why he's great. <laughs> uh, look in in the in the year or two after his
2: presidency, they were calling him the best, the Democrats' best president of all
1: time. Mm-hmm. So you've got Bloomberg; they're pre doing it now. Biden and Bloomberg, you know, yeah. Biden. Oh no, I you know the. 90, the, the immigration, no, 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 we shouldn't have done that. Uh, the uh, uh, ninety-four crime bill, no, 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 I, you know, shouldn't have done that. Right. Bloomberg doing the exact same thing on 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 stop and and frisk, and I wonder how well that will sell when it's vetted more, especially for Bloomberg. Well, today you don't get away with it as much.
2: I mean, Clinton, that didn't that didn't fly because people don't. Well, really, you look at at Barack Obama. He's not doing what Clinton did, but they still don't need him. No. And it wasn't long after his presidency that eh, nobody really cares. They're more into Michelle than they are him. But the, the fact of the matter is that they they're, the the far left is dismissive of anybody and everybody at a moment's notice. That's just the way it is. The AOCs of the world don't care. Bernie's the guy. They don't care. Uh, they don't care what Nancy thinks. They don't care what Carvel thinks. Not that Nancy has spoken out about Bernie, but I mean on other issues. They don't care about any of these older Democrats unless you happen to be the oldest Democrat, and that's Bernie.
1: Well, the other big news, uh, Bernie Sanders calling James Carville a hack. Mm-hmm. Carville coming back and saying, yep, I certainly am, but at least I'm not a communist.
2: Exactly. Whoa! You know, that's... This is the brilliant, this is, and we're hoping we'll get some audio from that uh, phone call. It's a phone interview that uh, he did with Peter Hamby. And uh, so we're hoping at some point, because it, it's in quotations at Peter Hamby's Twitter page. And it, so that means he recorded it. Or either that, or he wrote it down very quickly. I'm guessing that phone call was recorded. If you're writing a piece and he contributes to Vanity Fair, he also does some podcasting, but I'm hoping we'll get some audio of that phone call. You were making the point earlier that'd it be great to have video of it because you got to you got to see Carville's yeah, face when yeah. he's saying something like that. For I'm movies. hoping yeah. somebody in the media on television will ask him that question all over again. You called him a communist. They have to. Oh yeah, that, that, got that to has to, to be that has to be the question. And you know he's not going anywhere. Uh, Carville will likely be all over TV this weekend uh, again because. This is turning into something. Here's, here's my, my question with the media coverage of the back and forth, right? It was Jeffrey, it was Jeffrey Tubin that said, we don't know what to do with this Hunter Biden thing. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you do. Report on it. Go find the facts. But here, I would ask Mr. Tubin, what do you guys do with this whole thing, this rift within the left? I mean, that's this fracturing of the, the party and the movement altogether, basically the far left, separating more and more, and and gaining momentum. Unless there's a brokered convention.
1: Well, uh, I was uh, you mentioned this last hour. I just happened to be reading at Phil Wegman's column from a uh, from yesterday. Trump got impeached, but is Biden campaign the casualty? Hmm. Uh, and you and I've talked about this already. And, and said, look, all the stuff that you came out, that the Republicans pounded on, that message actually got through. There's a, from the Hill.com, mm. majority of voters say Hunt and Biden's job at Burisma was inappropriate. Well, that's huge. That is huge. I mean, that, that means the message got
2: through. That he was only there because right. of his daddy and that you look at it, because if they're looking at it in the same way that liberals looked at the phone call that. That President Trump had with Zelensky, then you would look at Biden as much, much worse.
1: The biggest loser of impeachment may be Joe Biden, which was exactly what President Trump wanted all along. Biden wasn't investigated by Ukraine, but impeachment subjected him and his son Hunter to a prolonged proctological examination. Wow. (laughs) Hello. That seems to have taken its toll. Autopsies are not performed on living patients. And the Biden campaign clings very much to life. The one-time frontrunner still seemed wounded Tuesday night when he fled South Carolina, or fled to South Carolina before New Hampshire results were reported. Biden finished fifth—a nightmare scenario for the former vice president, who promised no fewer than five times that he would win hmm. uh, that uh, that state. But just goes through and, and talks about that, and then when the uh, Hill. dot com uh, announced that, uh, who did the survey? Political Morning Consult found that 52% of participants found that the fact that Hunter Biden sat on the board of Burisma of the Ukrainian gas company was inappropriate compared to, get this now, it's not like a 5247. It's 52% thought it was inappropriate, 18% thought it was appropriate, and the rest in between are, I don't know. But when people know about it, the vast majority yes. say it was inappropriate. Uh, a total of 57% of registered voters, because the first one is just participants, non-voters. 57% of registered voters in the survey said his position amounted to a scandal, while 19% said it did not. And the rest are... Uh-huh. Because it might
2: be something, I guess, a little different if Biden had something to offer. What is? What is Joe Biden offering? If you're supporting Biden, what is he? Oh, what is his campaign always been about? That idea that came from the polls. Well, long ago. That he could beat Trump. Remember during 2016 and he kept doing interviews. Well, all the polls show that I could definitely beat him. And then after Trump won, well, I could have beat him. And that's why he's running now. It's he had the chance to beat Trump. But what is he really offering? The answer is nothing. He's he's offering the anti I'm not Trump vote. I mean Klobuchar mm-hmm. said it the other night after mm-hmm. after New Hampshire. I can beat her. You know, because she got the eny meeny my my moe support, that's which is huge. The uh I don't know. It's it's roulette. It's like they were playing a drinking game or something and then went in and, and picked Klobuchar. Which is yeah. weird. But I know it's only one person, but she stepped up to the mic and says, I'm Amy Klobuchar, and I can beat Donald Trump.
1: She should have said, I'm Amy Klobuchar, and I won more votes than you. That's right. Vote Mo.
2: <laughs> See? Just put it on a sign. Mo. Put it in the front yard.
1: Mo for Klo. Mo for Klo. I like that. Uh-huh. The other thing I, I just I, I wanted to bring this up here because it drove me nuts. the media coverage of it. I touch a coverage on it. I touched on it last night, but I got to hit on it again. Okay, and it's the coverage, and I mean across the board, even conservative outlets on this whole Senate vote, the War Powers Resolution against Trump. Every article should lead the symbolic vote that has. No power whatsoever that the president would veto that even if the president passed it still would be unconstitutional, even mm-hmm. even if he signed it, right. not passed it, but if he signed it, would still be unconstitutional. Nobody. I don't think anybody. I really believe that the majority in the media are ignorant. You know, we talk about the three branches of government and mm-hmm. the separation of powers. I do believe or I'm getting to that point of believing at the minimum that the majority of people in the media have no idea about the separation of powers, have no idea why every administration has rejected the war power resolution and why any legislation that comes from Congress to limit the president's power when it comes to what he did in killing Soleimani, Mm -hmm. that they have no power over except the purse strings if they wish to cut it in general. I have no idea why the media doesn't report it and why their headlines don't indicate it, why they make it a sense of urgency. The Senate now has come out with legislation against the president that could limit. It's not going to limit the president's ability. No, it's don't not. Don't say could. or no, Don't say not. aimed at limiting. None of it's aimed at limiting. It was a symbolic vote to simply say, well, we know all of the presidents can do this, but we don't, just don't like this guy. It's symbolic. It's nothing more. Yeah, and, and it's, uh, again,
2: first of all, n- non-binding resolution and even if it were a law and the president signed it into law uh, a bill and he signed it into law it would be unconstitutional
1: yeah well he's I mean he will veto it I mean it's, yeah, it is it, it is a piece of legislation yes uh but uh but it's 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 like the War Powers Act when mm-hmm. you still well the president doesn't uh, applying. the president doesn't abide by the war Powers act he doesn't have to and it's this simple in case people don't know the president's powers when it comes To, for example, taking out Soleimani. Because remember, and I mentioned this yesterday. Remember what those eight Republicans are even saying. Those eight Republicans are saying we're worried because Trump took out a known terrorist leader of an organization responsible for American deaths. And currently attacking um, and over the last couple of months and over the last couple of years, including up to, what was it, December? Mm -hmm. We're still attacking uh, and trying to kill American servicemen and women and succeeded in killing a contractor and wounding soldiers. He killed that terrorist leader that is an enemy of the United States. And now we believe the president has gone too far and we don't want him to do with it that again. That's what the eight Republicans who signed on are saying. It was a complete, total legitimate military operation by this president totally justified And they're signing on to it. It's just simply to say uh, we don't like Trump Mm -hmm. because there's no other reason. Well, again, and if 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 you want to if you want to change
2: the Constitution, there's a way to do that. Right, but you can't do it through this resolution. It's not going to happen.
1: And the war it doesn't doesn't work that way, right? The war the Congress cannot dictate to the president what his constitutional uh, authority is when it comes to what he did there. They cannot change it by legislation. If there's a constitutional amendment that says the president is limited here and it goes through the constitutional process, yes, congressional law means diddly and squat. And it should be... And that every single... If the mainstream media isn't going to do it, then conservative outlets should do it. And they're not. They're no. not putting it in no, the proper context and explaining what exactly is going on here.
2: Well, and, and it... It seems to be this, it's almost a trolling every once in a while of the president. You see it from a number of sources. I'm convinced Matt Drudge is trolling. (laughs) But it is, it really is trolling. Because it's not an opinion that this this does nothing. It's a fact. It's a fact, yeah. It's a fact. It's meaningless. You can say, my opinion is they should amend the Constitution. Okay, that's an opinion.
1: Right. Of substance, it's meaningless. Of, of imagery, it's not meaningless because right. you're making a symbolic point, but it's still meaningless. And the symbolic point, as we pointed out, is saying that somehow the president did wrong in taking out a terrorist leader who has killed hundreds and and caused casualties of hundreds more of U.S. servicemen and women and was currently, at that time, committing acts of war against uh, uh, military uh, bases in Iraq and was violating international law by being in Iraq and then had wounded and killed, wounded American soldiers and then killed an American contractor. And the president said, that's enough, you go. Totally legit. Military action by the president. And it should be brought out that way. That's fact. Mm-hmm. It's not opinion. And the president is absolutely authorized to take those steps. Well,
2: and it's... Um, I, I don't know, again, when you... We know what the Democrats are doing. You look at the eight Republicans. All right, great. Wait a Mitt Romney this thing. Yeah. Way to completely undermine the constitution.
1: Yep. And Rand Paul who claims to be a constitutionalist in this case is not. No. If you've heard him talk about it, he's right. not. He's he's absolutely wrong he doesn't buy it. you any any no. street cred. You can say I don't
2: like the policy of going to war here or there, but you cannot ignore the separation of powers and that's what you're doing when you vote for this.
1: 86690 red eye
3: Agricultural Research Service scientist Kim Lewers has been working on developing a strawberry that keeps better in storage. We started monitoring this in the berries that we're testing in the field each year, and that way I can make crosses between parents that have good shelf life, and keepsake is a result of that. Keepsakes are high performers when it comes to shelf life, but that's not their only quality. It is very sweet. It has remarkably good flavor. It's my favorite. It's the only one I will sit and eat for pleasure rather than just evaluating. Keepsake strawberries fruit once in the spring and tend to do well in the mid-Atlantic states and northwards. So it's a really high quality berry all around, which is why it's named keepsake. Not only does it keep well, but It's like a treasure, so keepsakes are treasures. This is Stephanie Ho for the U.S. Department of Agriculture
2: in Washington, D.C. The USDA Report is brought to you by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Highway Diesel Fuel.
0: Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio.
1: It's Friday Radio. I'm Gary McNamara, along with Eric Harley. Here's your forecast.
5: An area of high pressure will bring clear skies to the central part of the nation, but that clockwise flow around the high will also usher in very cold temperatures out of Canada. For places like Minneapolis, Minnesota, 17 degrees for the high today. Tomorrow, 35. Madison, Wisconsin will only see 13 on the thermometer today. Chicago, snow will be ending. And 15 degrees the high, same for Indianapolis, around 19 or 20 or so. But then tomorrow, warming up to 40. Over to Boston and 24 for today's high under sunny skies. New York City will be right in around the freezing mark for today and tomorrow. At least the rain has ended in the south. Atlanta will see clear skies, 48 degrees today. The wet weather has ended along I-75 from Tampa to Atlanta. Dallas 51 today, 62 tomorrow. Miami's 80-degree high today should warm your heart. There's a look at your national forecast from Red Eye Radio. I'm meteorologist John Trout.
0: A bonus show. It's Rudd Eye Radio.
1: He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Eight six six ninety 90 eye Well, William Barr had a few words yesterday, Attorney General.
5: Did you talk to the President
4: at all about your decision regarding the recommendations? The recommendations on the, this case? Never. Anybody from the White House call you to try to influence you? No. Nope. So the, I, I, have not, I, I have not discussed the Roger Stone case at the White House i have a, I have a problem uh, with some of some of the the tweets. I'm happy to say that, in fact, the President has never asked me to do anything in a criminal case to have public statements and tweets made about the Department, uh, about uh, our people in the department, our, our men and women here, about cases pending in the Department, and about judges before whom we have cases. Uh, make it impossible uh, for me to do my job and to assure the courts and the prosecutors in the, in the department uh, that we're doing our work with integrity. And I'm not going to be bullied or influenced by anybody. And I said at the time, whether it's Congress, newspaper, editorial boards, or the president, I'm going to do what I think is right.
1: So there you go. As you and I have stated, when you when you know the timeline of all of this, this is going nowhere. This is one of those stories that by next Friday nobody will be talking about anymore. This was the oh, this was the oh, we got the president again on impeachable charges. You know, mm-hmm. Swalwell. Others were saying mm-hmm. that uh, Elizabeth Warren saying that uh, you know Barr should uh, re- resign, and uh, the I word came up there. Uh, Nancy said she wouldn't use the I word. This is going nowhere because. If you know the timeline and they've got the documents, this was signed off before the president ever tweeted about Roger Stone and his, uh, you know, the suggested sentence from uh, from prosecutors. Yeah, it gives a perception initially from the timeline, and that's what Democrats do. Okay, does it seem like it? Okay, we'll accuse the president of something, even though we don't have the evidence. But when you go through it, as Kimberly Strassel wrote, it was already signed off, not by Barr but by another uh, career. a, a, a prosecutor, not a political appointee, uh, at the the Justice Department, way before the president ever tweeted about it. Right. So, and that's all documented. Right. And so it's it's going nowhere, but it's a perception. And I, Barr's probably upset. We had one caller saying he's afraid that Barr's going to quit, and he's the president's best defender because he's defending the law, and the law defends the president. Mm-hmm. If you look at everything that happened from Russia collusion on, if you see William Barr in his initial statements. You know, when he when he talked about uh, Russia collusion, when he talked uh, specifically about Russia collusion and and he was talking about, uh, you know, where the other side is is going, that they seem not to believe in the separation of powers and they want power concentrated in in one place. He was talking a lot of constitutional issues here. I think the president, the president complimented him a, a bunch yesterday and even in the tweet to respond to what William Barr said, it was well. The president believes that he can speak on anything. Well, of course he can. There is no law saying you can't do it. It's what, it, what, how will the Democrats attempt to use what you say against you? Even if it, even if their conclusion is untrue, they don't care. They just want to win the news of the day, right? And the suspicion news of the 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 day. But now that we know more of what happened here. Uh, this is one of those stories that I believe by next Friday nobody will be talking about again.
2: It well, the, it's it's almost like the last time they took off on Barr and, um, and it, it involved Australia and a number of things. They wanted to go after Barr to undermine his integrity because they understand what's coming down with the whole FISA uh, warrant thing. They don't say that out loud, but any, any way to get at Barr so that you can undermine that integrity and ultimately... Squash whatever may be coming from the federal prosecutor Durham is is uh, is certainly the attempt. Um, the problem that they're going to have. Well, first of all, we pointed out earlier the law is on the president's side. Uh, the law is is on Durham's side and on AG Barr's side in terms of the FISA warrant abuse. All those cases will be based in fact. It's not going to be an Adam Schiff deal where they come out and say something and 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 try and make it up as they go along and then show up in a courtroom and ask the judge and the jury to find witnesses for them.
1: I think the thing that that bothers us uh, about the president tweeting is the fact that when you when you can own the news day or a couple of days and because you re, you react so quickly, you don't. Not that the truth doesn't eventually come out, but you lose the news cycle for for a couple of days. So, minorly disappointed that it had to work out that way. Because when you look at this case, even Jeffrey Tubin of CNN said, "Come on, the Stone, you know the the uh, the the suggested sentence is is ridiculous, is way over what it should be." And I think that's the whole point. They've got the proof that look, the, they way way tried to oversell uh You know, uh, this whole thing. And then with the inf- with the information now coming out of the bias of the lead juror, you had the news cycle completely to convince the American public, look, this is all bogus. And by the way, at the end, anyway, you can pardon him if you believe or commute a sentence. If you believe it was too harsh to begin with, you could have your cake and eat it, too, in this case. Mm-hmm. And you'll eventually win win the day but the fact is you go through a couple of days that you didn't that you didn't have to go through right. but but this is something that again we've been through this so much look the president's going to tweet you're not going to stop him he's going to be who he's going to be you and i said when he became president we're not going to focus on every tweet every day or that the the sky is falling every day as everybody does and that's the way it was. seemed to be sort of yesterday. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. Coming from Democrats, the impeachment word up again, abuse of power. And I'm like, yawn, because, yeah. we, because mm-hmm. we've because we been through this. Now, I wish, I wish it didn't happen this way. I wish at times a president, like I think every single Trump supporter I've ever talked to, and I support the president totally and completely, but at times I wish he wouldn't tweet as much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes he tweets or becomes re- reactionary, and we believe it. It hurts him now. I haven't come to a decision on him and Bloomberg going back and forth yesterday, except for the fact that that was extremely entertaining. I thought Bloomberg was taller.
5: <laughs>
1: um I, I did. I that's the, from that's that's directly from Roadhouse. Yes,
2: exactly. <laughs> uh,
1: the The whole concern
2: for me really isn't even about Roger Stone; it's about certain cases that are closer to the president. And we talked, we talked about Rudy Giuliani. Don't let your personal attorney on television. When a case is done, make a statement. Great. When it's behind you, great. Then you get into, I guess my concern would be really getting into the FISA court abuse. You start getting into indictment territory from Durham. Wait until those cases have gone through due process and everything else. You don't need to tweet about it. The law's on your side. Those prosecutors will do their job. And if an indictment comes down, the system will handle it, and they'll have their due process. There's no reason to, because politically,
1: again, there's no advantage to doing it. Well, and understand that the the Democrats, uh, and you and I have discussed this earlier, But the Democrats continue to throw suspicion without any evidence. Mm -hmm. Even when the evidence comes out, they just leave that alone and go to the next thing. What they're always trying to say is the president always has corrupt motives. Right. So when that tweet came out from the president Mm -hmm. and then later on in the day, the Justice Department announced, no, we're, you know, we've already, you know, dealt with this. They had already dealt with it before the tweet. The Democrats were trying to make the case and are still trying to make the case that the president tweeted it and then that was communicated to the attorney general. And then he decided to do it, that the attorney general was behind the sentence recommendation that came out from those uh, other uh, attorneys. And he was not. And so that's the point. That's it's look, it's not fair because I understand it's not fair life isn't fair you have to understand what your political enemy is attempting to do to you because the mo has been the same for the last three years yes so don't right. give them an opportunity to do it own the messaging all the time but again I'm uh, I'm not it's gonna be something that that goes away by next Friday it may come up this somebody in the house will bring it up again but it's gonna die when you find out that you know as we said before uh what the Democrats are saying happened didn't happen again and then next week by next Friday they'll have gone to two or three other different things right uh you know by then so don't get too excited I mean there's always I think lessons to be learned or things you can take out of it but uh this has been going on for three years so it's not really surprising but now we got to get to the best part of the show all right what do you got you know you and I this goes back to the example again of uh, a party which has got victims and oppressors all the time. Yes. You're always expanding the victims. You're always expanding the, the, uh, the, the oppressors out there. And I just love the story. This is my favorite story of the week. Elizabeth Warren telling the story of a young girl came up to me tonight and said, I'm a broke college student with a lot of student loan debt. I checked and I only have $6 in the bank. So I just gave $3 to keep you in this fight. We're staying in this fight for the people who, who are counting on us? Okay, now that's what Elizabeth Warren said afterwards. She right, say, and so you could tell that story a few years back. Somebody wanted me in all political office so desperately they gave me their last three dollars. You can't say that now. Now she just gets blasted. You're a millionaire woman. This girl's in terrible college debt, and you're taking half of what she has in the bank from her. You should have given it back to her and given her ten bucks. Exactly. <laughs> Give her a hundred dollars
2: here. Hundred dollars, right? Let me, let me buy you, you know, uh, something to, to, you know,
1: to to make your day better. Buy uh, you a meal. And this this was coming from people on the left. It's like, what are you doing, taking her last three dollars? She only has six dollars now. Uh, there were others saying she's making this up.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: but that's the best part. Yeah. If, if you do. Either she's lying or she's disingenuous.
2: But, what but, are the other...
1: but if you, if you're making something up, that's mm-hmm. even the, that's even the, the better scenario to me because you're making, ah, uh, I've got something here that. That uh, this will convince the people that, you know, that people really desperately want me to be president of the United States. Let me see. What will I pick? OK, student debt. OK. And thinking of this in your mind, trying to come up with a scenario and not fully thinking it through, mm. not understanding that when you get to the point of saying of, of the audience fully understanding and your liberal audience that this you're you've got all this money. You're never going to have to work another day in your life. You're running for president. And you're saying you took $3 from somebody who only had $6 left to their name? (laughs) She's on a private jet, remember? She tried to hide from the
3: media when she got
1: off of it.
2: Look, if she wants to tell a heartwarming story or make one up, just make one up about, you know, a guy named Corn Pop. (laughs) Or about the hair on her legs when she goes swimming. Like Joe Biden. Oh, my... Call Joe Biden. He knows how to tell stories. I, I'm telling you, the entire world is smoking dope. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I like what you came up with before. They're going to have to smoke crack smoking, to get sober. They're smoking crack to sober up. <laughs> That's how high they are. <laughs> That's how bizarre it is. Right? It really, really is bizarre. It
2: it's just yeah. I and you, and you know. I'm uh, I'm I'm investing heavily in popcorn these days.
1: I I still can't get over Carvel calling Sanders a communist. I mean, come on, how, how much it, it's been insane this week, and this is all from liberal socialist commentators, right? <laughs> the conversation right now isn't
2: about really isn't about Trump as much as, no. as it is about Biden versus the rest of the party. I mean, and Bernie yeah, right. uh, uh, versus the rest of the party. I know eight six six ninety red
1: eye. Shell
2: recently launched Shell Rotella T615W40 Full Synthetic. Megan Pino is Shell Rotella Global Brand Manager and tells us what was behind the development and more about the product.
4: We are excited to launch this new full synthetic Shell Rotella T6 15W40. This is the first time we have a full synthetic in 15W40 viscosity range. We know that truckers love 15W40. That is the primary viscosity grade used in the U.S. and Canada and really in many parts of the world as well. So our customers can enjoy some of the benefits of cold temperature properties, low temperature and high temperature, allowing for the oil to flow faster into the engine and protect it better having a full synthetic also allows for extended drain opportunities for those that are trying to push the limits a little bit but we always recommend following their manufacturer recommendations and doing oil analysis to ensure that they are changing when appropriate
2: for more go to rotella.com this engine report is a service of shell rotella
0: lines open for your calls 866 90 red eye on red eye radio
1: It's Red Eye Radio. Uh, he is Eric Hurley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Three-day weekends. For everybody enjoy it. We have a three-day weekend. Here. Yeah. Uh, then uh, we're back
2: uh, because uh, President's Day, uh, yes. or as it's now been called, uh, Keep America Great Day. <laughs> 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 but what do we look at going into next week? I mean, will we actually ever see any polls out of Nevada?
1: All I want is polls. That's all I'm looking for, just to get an idea and to see how... Uh, Nate Silver's 538 changes. Exactly. The forecast. (laughs) That'll be interesting to watch.
0: (laughs) This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One.